Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. So we've been doing a series on Abraham, and uh, it's so good. I've been listening, like I said, I've been on Facebook Live. I've been listening to all the messages, and it's amazing how many things you can learn from the life of Abraham. Amen? His life just teaches us so many things from parenting to faith uh, to, to all these different things, bringing us, and I get to close today, bringing us on this concept of a God-given dream. Amen? Uh, God gave Abraham a God-given dream. And, and I, I, love this, I love this topic because, um, actually, I'm working on a book right now. Don't tell anyone. But uh, I'm working on a book right now called When Your Dreams Are Different Than Your Calling. And uh, I'm passionate about dreams and your calling because I'm considered a dreamer. You know, my friends, when, when we're out and about, all I do is think about the future. I'm like, I think about the possibilities. I think about, wow, like, look at the things that we can do. And they just kind of, you know, blank stare at me like, what's, what's, what's wrong with you? So I'm considered a dreamer. And I'm excited to talk today about God-given dreams. And I'm excited because really every great thing that has ever happened has started with a dream. Every great thing that has ever happened has started with a dream. Mixed schools, schools and bathrooms and restaurants that accept both white and black people started with a dream. Uh, um, The ability to be able to fly started with a dream. It didn't just happen. Someone thought of it. Someone had a dream. The ability to be able to land on the moon started with a dream. In fact, this church started with a dream. I I get the the privilege to be able to talk to the main man, the boss, uh, a lot more. And, you know, I ask him a lot about Dayspring. And it started with a dream. He tells me stories when we first showed up, there were two people. And now we have multiple campuses. Everything starts with a dream. And I think it's important for us to continue dreaming and to never stop dreaming. Because the moment that we stop dreaming, we settle. The moment that we start, stop dreaming, we give up hope. We give up faith. We give up what God actually created us to do. See, I believe that what makes humanity different than all other of species is that we have the ability to be able to see into the future and to be able to create it. We're able to dream up things such as the iPhone and and our future home and how we're going to look when we lose weight. (laughs) We're able to see into the future and we have the ability to be able to make it happen. And that's what makes us human. So I believe that the ability to be able to dream is a gift. Abraham had a dream too. God gave Abraham a big dream. But before we get into it, let's pray. 
Jesus, we thank you for you are so good to us. Father, I ask that you may bless Dayspring, that any need that they have, Father, that they may come to you, Lord, and that they may show you that they love you, Father. God, may you be here. May your spirit manifest in us, Father. May it be you speaking and not me, Father. May we learn principles from your word. Father, if we're in any need, again, fill it, Father. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. So this is going to be tough because I, actually we start at 9.30 and we end at 10.30. So again, y'all privileged. But um, hopefully <laughs> I'm able to extend it. It's going to be hard to get used to. But if you don't have um, a bulletin or an outline, you can raise your hand right now and our Awesome ushers will be able to pass one out to you. Um, the outline is pretty much for you to be able to follow me along um, in the verses and in the points. So if you don't have one, you could go ahead and raise your hand. Uh, but in the, in the series of Abraham, we've been looking at Genesis chapter, chapter 22, right? Yeah. Gen- Genesis chapter 22, and uh, I get to finish it. So it started with God calling Abraham and telling him, go and take your son and sacrifice him. So he goes and he takes him. And then God stops him. So it brings us to this verse that we're about to read. And you can follow me along in your outline or on the screen. Genesis chapter 22, verse 15 through 18. And it says, The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this, And have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Can anyone count the stars that are in the sky? Does anyone know in here? Because if you do, you're a genius. Does anyone know how many sands there are on the sea? How many little pebbles? You can't count them. And Abraham was kind of like, are you kidding? Like, this is a big dream, amen? This is so big for him. Because he had, technically he had two sons, but this is his one and only son. Write this down in your outline for me, will you? Uh, we, we, we need to dive into this. Write down, we need to dream big because God dreams big. We need to dream big because God dreams big. We are a representation of who Jesus is, of who God is, and God dreams big for each and every one of us. God had a big dream for a 17-year-old shepherd that he would lead, be a leader of leaders that he would uh, help out his people, and thus came Joseph. Uh, God had a big dream for a baby who would have died if it wasn't for his mother. The dream was for him to deliver his people from slavery, and thus came Moses. God had a big dream for a young shepherd boy to be king of Israel. God had a big dream for a mean, ignorant Pharisee to preach the gospel to the nations and to write half of the New Testament. 
And God has given you a dream. God has given you a big dream. But before I get into, you know, all the big dreams and stuff and how we get it, I want to kind of set some parameters. I kind of want to tell you what a God-given dream is and what a God-given dream is not. Because there's a difference, right? There's a difference between a God-given dream and then our dreams. So here's the difference. God doesn't give us dreams so that we can get more followers on Instagram. All right, I'm sorry to blow your bubble. God is not going to give us a Ferrari so that we can drive fast and show off. God's not going to give us a big house so that we can, you know, be like, oh, look at me, look at this big house, throw a bunch of parties, it's going to be awesome. No, he doesn't do that. And in fact, God will never make us rich just so that we can be lazy and not do anything. Believe me, I've tried. I've prayed the prayer. It doesn't work. These aren't, aren't, aren't the reasons why God gives us dreams. These dreams that God gives us, they have purpose. And the first purpose, and check this out, we see this with Abraham. The first purpose, and you can fill this out in your outline, is to bless other people. To bless other people. Genesis 22, 18, that first part says, And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. To bless other people. Abraham's dream had a purpose, right? And the first purpose was to bless other people. See, maybe God hasn't given you that raise because all you want to do with that raise is buy a new TV. See, maybe God hasn't given you that job because all you want to do is buy the new iPhone. I hope that... Are you serious? I didn't even know that was connected. I apologize. (laughs) Messed up my flow, man. (laughs) Um, Where was I? Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. I'll check this one out. Maybe maybe God hasn't given you a partner because all you're thinking about is to satisfy your own needs. Whoo, we in church this morning. Come on. I'll find something you like. I'll find something you like if you don't like that one. See, God-given dreams are not just for us. They're not just for our enjoyment. They're not us to be selfish and to do whatever we want with them. A God-given dream is supposed to bless and help other people. Amen? Amen. So the second, the second thing, the second reason why God gives us dreams, and you can fill this out, is for God's glory. For God's glory. You know, back in the day, um, well, we still do, but I remember that I would always like to compliment our Wednesday preachers because preaching is not easy. Speaking in public is not easy. And I would always go up to them, especially our pastor, and I would say, man, you killed it. Great job. You did a fantastic job. And this is what they would say. It's like, oh, praise God, praise God. And I would just kind of stand there like all awkward, like, dude, just, just take the compliment. Like, just say thank you, you know? And I really didn't get it. I was like, why are you saying this, you know? But then I, I started doing it myself, and I started realizing something. is that we, as, as teachers and preachers, we're not up here to impress anybody. We're not up here to, to make anybody like us. And we're not here to gain any fans or followers or likes. That's not why we're up here. And God knows we're not up here for the money. 
I'm serious. Anybody comes up to me and be like, man, y'all preachers just make money. I'm going to tell them, let's switch salaries for like a month. And then you can say that. (laughs) But we don't do that for any of those reasons. We do that for God's glory. Amen. All we're doing here is pointing you to Jesus. I like to say when I step off this stage, I don't want people to be in awe of me. I want people to be in awe of Jesus. Because that's all we're doing here. You guys are, are looking at us, but we're just pointing you back up. Amen. We're here to declare God's glory. And that's, what, that's why we're here. Um, I, I've been looking for a job for so long. But um, <laughs> don't laugh at me. It's, um, I've been looking for a job in a very specific field. And uh, after 136 applications, like 15 interviews, I got two offers. And I finally got the job that I wanted. I finally got the job that I wanted. And, um, and it, it's amazing because I didn't have the degree that they required. And I didn't have the specific coding skill that they needed. And it's a fashion company, so I... <laughs> Some of y'all are like, they just hired the wrong guy. I mean, I don't know what you're doing. No, no, no. It's because God is good. It's because God is big. It had nothing to do with me. It's all God's glory. When people have asked me, how'd you get that job? I didn't get it, bro. God gave it to me. It's all Jesus. Trust me. And that's how we should be. When we pray our big prayers, when we pray our big dreams, when we ask for the miracle, we shouldn't be just for us. We shouldn't say, oh, yes, I made it happen. No. It's all for God's glory. And maybe God hasn't made it happen for you because you want to take all the credit. God wants us to always give him the glory. So why do you want more money? Why do you want more resources? Why do you want a man or a girl? Why do you want that breakthrough? Is it for your own self? Or is it to bless other people and to give God the glory? So now that I kind of got those parameters out the way, um, let's, I want to talk to you guys briefly and give you three points on how we can get closer to our dreams. Because I, I wish I knew this uh, in the, the past five, six years. So here's the first one. How to get closer to our dreams. The first one is through obeying God. Through obeying God. Genesis chapter 22, verse 18, the second part. God tells Abraham that he's going to give him this dream, this promise, because he obeyed him. Because you have obeyed me. You know, I find it interesting that actually this wasn't the first time that God had given Abraham a promise. This wasn't the first time that God asked Abraham to do something. In fact, this wasn't the first time that... Abraham obeyed. Check this out. Check this out. Genesis, uh, earlier, before chapter 22 and verse 12, 1 through 4, it says, The Lord had said to Abram, before his name was Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. This is a command. This is a promise. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. 
So Abraham, Abraham went, this is him obeying, as the Lord had told him. See, I, I, I think there's a difference because obedience gets a whole new definition when it's, hey, leave your house, than to, hey, offer your child. Some of y'all are like, oh, God, I, I wish God told me to leave my house. I've been trying to leave forever. I, I keep running away, and they just keep bringing me back. <laughs> y'all good, y'all good. I like you. Uh, but, but what do I mean by obedience, right? We preachers and Christians actually have this lingo that we say, hey, walk out your faith. Walk out your promises. Step into, into your dreams, right? Chase your dreams. But, but and this is so profound, I hope you get this. There is a difference between chasing your dream that God gave you and chasing God. See, because when you try to chase your dream, you end up stumbling and failing a lot, and you might not even get it. But when you chase God, you get the dream. And this doesn't make sense, right? You're like, what are you? That doesn't make sense. Why? But it makes perfect sense. Let me tell you why. If I'm up here and I tell each and every one of you, listen, I promise you that next week I'm going to buy all of y'all the new Tesla. (laughs) Some of y'all are like, not with that salary, you're not. (laughs) Next week on Sunday, you're not going to go to the Tesla dealership and try try to get the car yourself. You're not going to go to the Tesla dealership and say, hey, do I apply for credit? Um, you know, do I need to get a second loan on my house? Or just find ways to get that Tesla. No, who are you going to go to next Sunday? You're going to go to me because I made you that promise. I told you that I would give you the Tesla. Make sense? So if God makes you a promise, you go to him. You go to him. Because he's the one that made you that promise. He's the one who gave you that dream. And, and I made this mistake early on. <clears throat> See, God gave me this promise, right? You're going to be a pastor. I didn't like it at first, but he made it. So I was like, all right, we're going to do this. And um, I, I tried, instead of chasing God, I tried to chase the dream. I, I, I started, uh, you know, trying to get connected, and I started sending applications, and, and I made a reel. You know, and, and I try to make, I'm trying to market myself to get hired as a pastor. I even, so, so I attend um, the college of our denomination, right? And, and, and they, they teach and they, they bring up pastors and, and preachers and ministers. And we, it's very connected with Foursquare. So a lot of the time we have our district supervisors come to the school. Our district supervisor is pretty much the person who is in charge of all the churches in a certain area. And whenever they would show up, I'd be like, all right, I got to get connected here. Like, I got to slide in my way. And, you know, he has to know my name because that means a job, right? And it was so weird. Look, it, it's, it's so, I was so weird. I found this. I even had a list of their names. So that when I would see them, I was like, all right, this is Dennis Easter. Like, Dennis, how are you, bro? I'm Angel. Been preaching for a while. This is my card. It didn't make any sense. And believe me, I hit wall after wall after wall after wall. And I started to think, God, like, where's the promise? What's, what's, what's happening? And it wasn't until I started chasing God and obeying him 
that door started, in, started opening. There is no way that I would be the minister where I'm ministering right now if it wasn't for God. All my marketing and all that, it, would have, it wouldn't have matched. It was only God who can make it happen. And you're like, all right, you know, chasing God sounds all cool. How do you even do that? That's, that's like Christian lingo, right? So chasing God means obeying him through his word. It means praying. It means spending time with Jesus. That's chasing God. That's obeying God. When, when, when God tells you to go, you go. When God tells you to stay, you stay. And check this out. When God tells you to wait, you got to wait. Any impatient people in the house? Just me? Yep. I see you. I see you. Which brings me to my next point. Uh, we get closer to our dreams through patience. You can fill that out in your outline. Through patience. Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 through 2. This is before Genesis 22. says, Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, Abraham, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. See, God gave Abraham a dream. God gave Abraham family a dream. But his sweet Sarai was just not patient. We've been there, right? We, we, we know how that feels. Some of y'all, you know, beautiful ladies are like, Yo, God, you promised me a man. Where are you at? You know? I'm going to have to go down to the club all hoochie and see what I can catch because he ain't coming out. Patience. Patience. And we all know, and we've seen it in our own lives, but we've also seen it in Scripture, that when we're not patient, bad things happen. Bad things happen. Check this out through Scripture. Moses was impatient with God because the people were bugging him, and he tried to get water from the rock himself without asking God, without consulting God, and so he just hid it. And check this out. He wasn't able to see the promised land because of that. Or check this one. King Saul was impatient in waiting for God's guidance, so he took things into his own hands and went out without God, and he lost an empire. Or check this one out. Pastor Nestor was impatient while I ate my lunch, so he lost a good employee. <laughs> I'm kidding. Totally joke. I'm a slow eater and pastor. If you guys know pastor, he's very impatient. But check this out. Check this out. Joshua 21.45, and I love this verse. says, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Not one. Everyone was filled. Everyone to Israel. And we're able to read that. We're able to see that. See, God has made you a promise. God has given you a dream. Your, your parents will break their promises. 
Your siblings will break their promises. Your best friend, your spouse will break their promise. In fact, pastors break their promises. But God never breaks his promise. Amen. When he says that he's going to make something happen, you best believe it's going to happen. When God says he has a plan and a purpose for your life, you best believe that he has a plan and purpose for your life. When God said something, it's going to happen. All of his promises in scripture, all of them have come to pass. So why would we doubt him? Why would we be impatient and say, where is it? It's all in God's timing. Let me tell you the repercussions that, that happened from Sweet Sarai's decision. And, and you, you might see it a different way. Regardless of how you see it, I think there were some repercussions. See, when she had Ishmael, which was Abraham's other son, Ishmael was also given a promise by God. God told Ishmael that he would make him into a great nation. And in fact, archaeologically, we know that a, lot, a big part of the Arab nation came from Ishmael. And in fact, the religion, the religion of Islam claims that Muhammad came from the line of Ishmael. So let me tell you the repercussions. From being impatient and from making these decisions came two different nations, two different worlds. From the promise of Isaac came this book. But from the promise to Ishmael came this book. And ever since then, I'm not in no way saying Islam is bad or anything like that. But ever since then, these two religions have been clashing. These two religions haven't been able to see eye to eye from something that happened thousands of years ago. See, our impatience has repercussions. When we don't wait on God and we, we think that we can make decisions and actions based on our own strength, that's when bad things happen. Or at least that's when monumental things happen. I'm going to put this over here because some of y'all are going to be like, angel preaching from the Quran, like, yeah, you need to keep them at some other church. I was like scared to walk in here with that book. Going to shoot me down. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So patience, right? We need to be patient. Um, and, and the third one, and this one ties into the second one, is we get closer to these dreams through faith. We get closer to these dreams through faith, and you can fill that out. Look at what Romans chapter 4, verse 19, it's in your outline. Such a beautiful verse. And he's talking about Abraham here, Apostle Paul. He says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Anybody feel that way? Since he was about 100 years old, 100 years old, some of y'all 40, and y'all like, babe, wait, I need to stretch. Yeah, we need to get in shape. But um, 
and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. That's like impossible. That's, that's just like, wait a minute. You're telling me that I'm going to have a child and I can't even walk? It's impossible, yet he didn't waver it. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave what? Glory. Glory. Gave what? Glory. Glory to God. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. See, our faith is what keeps our dreams alive. Your faith is what keeps you going. Your faith is the engine to your dreams. And I know that many of us have been on the verge of quitting on our dreams. Many of us have have been on the verge of quitting on God's promise for your life. In in fact, if... um, If it weren't for faith, there'd be no Martin Luther King. If it weren't for faith, there'd be no Billy Graham. If it weren't for faith, we'd have no Apostle Paul. In fact, if it weren't for faith, there'd be no church. Listen, there are going to be times in your life where that promise and that dream is nowhere in sight. There are going to be times where other people are going to call you crazy. There are going to be times where other people are going to doubt you and say, you're made for greatness? Look at you. Look at your life. Look at your past. There are going to be times where you're, you're not going to know what to do, and all you have left is your faith. There's going to be times where you, where you can't pay the bills, and you're like, God, where is this promise that you've given me and my family? There's going to be times where you lose your job, where you lose a loved one. And you're going to say, seriously, God, what are you doing? And all we have left is our faith. And that's something that we have to have in order to reach our dreams and our purposes that God has for you. But how many in here know that God is a God of promises? Amen? That God, when he says something, it's going to happen. Where God turns dead things to life. Where God can bring you back to life. We serve a living God who when he says something, it's going to happen. And we need to be able to have the faith and say, yes, God, I believe in who you are and what you can do. Amen? Y'all still awake? Awesome. This is what I love about God. This is really what I love about God. Is that we have faith, right? We have a promise. But his, his dream for your life is, you can't even compare it to your dreams. They are so big compared to what you think is going to happen. See, you're like, okay, God, you know, I just want this. And, and, and when you're faithful and you chase God and you obey him and you have faith, he just brings you on a whole nother level. And you're like, whoa, Jesus, this is so much better than what I was expecting. And that's what I love about God. Check this out. Check this out. Abraham just wanted kids, right? Just wanted kids. I just want a big nation. 
But look at Genesis 22, 17, 17 through 18. We're going to reread it, but I'm going to reread it in another translation. It should be in your outline. And it's the NASB. And, and look what it says. Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Want to know who God was referring to when he says seed? Let me show you, let me show you, let me show you. Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, this is Paul speaking. This is talking about Abraham, the promise that Abraham was given. Look what it says. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say and to seeds, meaning many people. But and to your seed, meaning one person who is who? Who is who? Abraham is over here just, God, I just want kids. I just want a lineage that will last. And yet he didn't know how big the promise was that Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, came from Abraham. Isn't that amazing? You're just, yeah, we need to give that a clap because when I saw that, I was like, whoo. I was like, God, I... I was like, you have, our goals and our dreams don't even come close to what God has for us. You just want to open a small mom and pop business. He has a corporation for you. You just want, you know, a, a man who can hold a job, but he has a man of God for your life. Amen? Woo, the ladies. You just want to raise, but he wants to give you a whole new job. You want change in your life, but he wants to change you. Amen. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't even compare to what our dreams are. You know, I, I was dreaming. I hope this isn't life. But I, I was just kind of dreaming, you know. I was like, you know, like kind of picturing the, the, the possibilities of the purpose and the dreams. And then God kind of gave me a glimpse of the, of the real possibilities. And I was like, okay, that is not even close to what I was thinking. See, God will just throw you off and how you got to be kidding me. I'm so sorry. I don't know how to turn it off. All right, all right. Let me finish. Let me finish. His descendancy was actually as numerous as the stars because Scripture says this, when we accept Jesus, we become part of, 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 uh, of God's family. When we accept Jesus, we become part of that family, a part of that lineage. So in fact, everyone here who has accepted Christ is a lineage of Abraham because we are now part of God's family because of what Christ did. Isn't that amazing? It's like Abraham was over here dealing with the, you're like, he's dealing with these measly things and he doesn't know the big stars and the big sand that he has now. Have faith in who God is, and he will bring out his promises. Amen? And, and, and I know, I, I get it. Some of you are asking, what is God's dream for my life? And, and this is going to be the premise of the book that I'm working on. You might be in a, in, a, in a season where you're like, what's God's dream for me? And I'm here to tell you this morning that you are God's dream. Sounds cheesy, huh? But... 
and, 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 and studying scripture, God cares more about your relationship with him than he does about your, your goals and your success and all of that. He does care about them, but he cares more about who you are as a person. Many of the problems in this world are able to be solved by people in this room. I really believe that. And God has given you the promise in that dream to be able to carry that out. Before you were born, you were in his heart. You could be the one who fights against racism. You could be the one who fights for women equality. You could be the one who fights against poverty. You could be the one to feed hungry children. Regardless, regardless, God has given you a big dream. And remember this. Not only did he give you a big dream, but you are the dream. So walk that out. Obey God. Have patience and have faith for your life. Amen? So my last question to you all. God has given you a dream. What are you going to do with that dream? Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love, in Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.